0: I want to go to Luke chapter 4, and I want to talk to you about the subject of liberty. And liberty right now, when when we're in an imposed quarantine, is an interesting thing to look at. Again, it's something we take for granted, but right now that we temporarily don't exactly have it, I want to talk to you about what it is, why Jesus came to give it, how we can operate in it, what it means, what it doesn't mean. Um, Liberty in the dictionary is defined as freedom of choice, the first point. So we have uh, decisional cognitive skills. We are volitional people. We have free moral agency, the theologians say. We can choose between right and wrong. And that is an amazing gift. It can get us in trouble, but it is also the way God designed us. And he says, behold, I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. He said, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. So we're decisional, and we have the liberty to make good decisions. Adam and Eve, sadly, in the Garden of Eden, made bad choices. They disobeyed. They yielded to temptation and deception. Jesus, however, never did yield to deception and temptation. And in his humanity, he was faithful. He, he therefore, didn't have the collateral damage that Adam and Eve had. He came in and he actually was impeccable in the way he, in his earthly life, in his humanity, lived for God. And he knew no isolation or separation until he took our sins and the cloud, the thick cloud of the sinfulness of humanity came on him when he died on the cross, up until then. And then after that, he he didn't have any hindrances. He didn't have any blockages because he did good things with his choices. It's personal freedom from servitude Or confinement or oppression. Personal freedom from servitude or confinement or oppression. And the Bible says that it was for freedom that Christ set us free in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So, In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So while we are, you know, one minute, only 250 people can gather, then 50, now 10, and then stay at home, you know, very limited contact. But there's no limit with the Lord. There's no distance in the spirit. Emmanuel is with us. He's present with us. You know, Paul wrote from a prison cell. He was quarantined. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I've always been fascinated by that. When you read it at face value, it's like, well, okay, rejoice in the Lord always. But then you look at the context. The man that was writing it was in the confinements of of a prison in Rome. And he said uh, that we're to rejoice and to count it all joy. And it's amazing what the freedom and the liberty Jesus came to bring can really do in our lives. Now, the very start of Jesus' ministry, in Luke chapter 4, he, he went to the temple, which was his custom, in Galilee, where he lived. He returned after being tempted, tested, and tried at the beginning of his earthly ministry. He was getting sucker punched when he was stepping up to provide leadership for us, when he was here to, to destroy the work of the devil and knew his purpose. And right away, he was tempted by the devil. The devil was belittling him, ridiculing, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into a loaf of bread because he was hungry. If you you know if you're the son of God you know jump off this building and you'll you know the angels will protect you and the, just one weird battle after the other and he over and over again used what we have the scriptures and he said it is written it is written and he used the word of God and it caused him to win and it says then in chapter four verse thirteen that when the devil had finished every temptation he left him until an opportune time. So that tells me that the devil is an opportunist and that Jesus was tempted in all areas as we. This was real temptation for him. He really struggled with this stuff, but he overcame it. We have a high priest, actually, who can, who's sensitive, who, who can identify with our weaknesses because he was tempted in all areas as we were, but yet he never sinned. He never lapsed into disobedience. He was tempted and he didn't yield, which is beautiful because he is available to help us to actually win in the battles of life and he comes to bring this huge liberating quotient to you right now in your situation right now in your confinement right now you're not alone there are people in fact all over the world right now that are experiencing exactly what you and i are experiencing and this is an unusual moment it's happened in times past in history the bubonic plague in the 1600s then, you know, the, the Spanish flu in, I guess, 1916. There, had been, there have been different waves of this type of thing, but not in my lifetime. And so now we're, we're in this moment where we could look in the pages of Scripture and get this solid foundation of how faithful God is. And look at, look at how Jesus triumphs, and what he comes to bring us. It says here that, that when Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, the news about him. Uh, spread through all the surrounding district. You know, on one end, we don't want coronavirus to spread. But on the other hand, we do want the word of God to spread. And um, we don't want the contagion of viruses and and diseases. And that's why they're they're going to great lengths to have us do social distancing. Well, I'm going to this length right now to connect with you spiritually so the word of God, which is healing, will spread to you. Psalm 107, verse 20 said, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Isaiah 55 says, The word of God does not return empty or void without accomplishing what it's been sent to do. Now, marry those two verses. He sent his word and healed them. Jesus was sent for this purpose, to destroy the works of the evil one. That's why the devil was so hostile toward Jesus, because his number was up. Jesus was coming to confront and to destroy the works of the devil and to seek and save that which is lost. So he comes in on the scene. He returns to Galilee. He goes to the synagogue, which is his custom. He finds the scroll near Nazareth, and he reads the the, the scripture from the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book. I'm glad we get to open the book, find the place where it's written. Thank God for this. And he says something so amazing. He gives his job description. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free all who are oppressed. The King James Version says, to set at liberty those that have been bruised. To set at liberty those who have been bruised. A bruise comes from a punch or an injury, a wound. I feel like society has been traumatized. Listen, Jesus has come to bring help in occasions like this. He came and he made these emphatic statements from Isaiah chapter 61. In Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19, he said, I proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So let's itemize this a little bit. Number one, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus was confident in his mission. He had been baptized by John in the Jordan and John and others saw the Holy Spirit come on Jesus like a dove. And this was a unique moment. This this coming upon was a unique moment in this era for the Jewish people. The Messiah was empowered from heaven for a purpose it was to bring liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind. He, he, he anointed me, he said, to preach the gospel to the poor. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul said that to the Roman Empire. I mean, it could be easily dismissed. It. Some guy from Jerusalem comes in and says, hey, I'm speaking to the Roman Empire. I'm, I'm, I'm called to reach the Gentiles, the non-Jews, the people that have no hope and are without God in the world, and, and, and I'm penetrating this previously unreached people group and he did it on foot. He did it with sandals. He walked, but he did it. At one point, you know, he said he was imprisoned in Second uh, Timothy, in chapter two, he said, but yet the word of God is not imprisoned. So there, there's quarantine, but the word of God is not quarantined. It goes right through the walls. It, it, it seeps right through our circumstances. It pierces through the darkness. And, and this good news, light excels darkness. The healing power of God is greater than the sickness power as a result of the fall of man. It's all the, the diseases and the, and the injuries and the trauma and the loss. Jesus is greater. Jesus is practical. He's faithful. And he, he, he itemizes. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And by the way, poor, you could be sitting on $57 million or $10 billion and yet. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? Hey, man, I might have all this, but I still need God. What does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. And it's times like these where we could realize, wait, you know, I need to get my life right with God. And that's why Jesus came. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And if you look at the people that responded to Jesus, there were people that were from every social Level, socioeconomics, education, men and women, kids, prestigious people with titles, people that were banished from society, outcasts, people that were mistreated and abused—they all responded from every people group, every walk of life, and Jesus had the provision there to liberate all of them. And God helped them to see. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We can't really do it. I. I preach the good news and I trust that the Holy Spirit will be the one that will bring the conviction, will bring the comfort, will bring the help. He's our help. It's not going to be by might or by power, but it will be by the Holy Spirit. God will help you today with whatever you're facing because he's the great liberator. Whatever confinement you feel or oppression you're dealing with right now. I heard an interesting broadcast and the broadcaster said, people are anxious because so much has changed so fast and she said and people are frightened because so much is unknown anxiety comes uh, in areas of uncertainty that's why I'm preaching with such confidence from the Bible I'm not trying to persuade you from my own opinion my opinion does however line up with these pages because they're ironclad they've withstood the test of time this is 2,000 years in and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We just happened to pop in in the 2020, and it's our generation right now, but these ancient truths are assurance producing. There's value to them. It's concrete. It's not make-believe. This is not hype. This is genuine. You know, I listened to a podcast. Somebody sent me a TED talk by a CEO, he started by saying that he was a a hopeless drug addict for many, many years. And uh, he said, I didn't become who I am because I overcame addiction. And he said in a lot of ways, I learned from the drive of my addiction and I just shifted it. And so he said, we either focus on the thing that kills us or we focus on the thing that saves us. And he said that he learned three things in the early beginnings of his recovery. When he went to the 12-step the meetings, you know, and he, he said, uh, number one, practice rigorous authenticity. He said, number one, practice rigorous authenticity. Number two, surrender the outcome. And number three, do unco- the uncomfortable work. He said the, the, the thing he needed to learn was to be truthful. Jesus was absolutely honest. He didn't lie. He told the truth. He's the way the truth and the life. C.S. Lewis talked about how, you know, during the existentialist era of post-World War II in Europe and Britain where he lived, there's so much cynicism. If there's a God, why did all this happen? Kind of a existentialist kind of conclusion came up and it was pessimistic and it was dark. But some people still said, well, Jesus, you know, is a great teacher, but I, I don't buy into any of this other stuff. And he said, well, he's either one of three things. He's either the Lord or he's a lunatic or he's a liar. And he said, you can't get away with, oh, Jesus is just a great teacher, but I'm not going to buy into him being the son of God and the son of man. He said he was the son of God. So then that would have made him a liar if that wasn't true. He's the truth. He was rigorously authentic, and he still is. Always has been, always will be. Being truthful, trusting God with the outcome. God, I'm just going to trust you on this. You're trustworthy. I'm praying for the nations right now. God, I pray the ark you know, levels out, things calm down in Italy. God, we pray you cover the nations. We're to be a house of prayer for the nations. I'm, I'm praying God does a miracle in our region right now, in our country. Bodies and lives and households would be protected. But in your situation, your personal situation right now, we can just be authentic. We could be our real selves. We can come to the Lord and be honest. And, uh, you know, we could live an honest life and be truthful be quick to repent, apologize when we need to, take ownership for our faults and our actions and attitudes. And we can really mature in this area. You can also trust that God will help us, you know, if we just maintain that truthfulness, because the liberator has come. And we do the uncomfortable work of meditating on the promises of God. But God wants us to put away our masks. One of the New Testament verses says we're to lay aside hypocrisy. And what a, what a hypocrite is in the Greek, it's hupokrisis, hypocrite. And it means living behind a mask. And what it was articulating was, in those amphitheater days, you know, of course, way before television, but they still had plays and you know, theaters and, 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 and dramas. You know the, the, You remember the smiley mask and the frown mask in theater. The actors would actually wear and hold up masks and manipulate the masks and operate behind the mask. And the Lord wants us to not operate behind the mask, but really be real, be be rigorously authentic. Jesus was, he came in and he said, hey, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to, to bring healing, to open up the eyes of the blind. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. And now this is where we're gonna do the, the uncomfortable work. We're going to not just be hearers only. We're going to take a stand tonight. We're going to take a stand and we're going to trust God for our households, for our marriages, for our finances, and then for our church and then for our neighborhood and our loved ones and the people at work, the people where we shop and the the restaurant owners and the people we love and we've connected with, uh, our our society, our community. We're trusting God that society is going to stay solid and that that we're going to get the help of the Holy Spirit. We're going to trust the healer to come in. We're going to pray for the doctors and the nurses and the caregivers that, that I guess are exhausted and stressed out right now, that God will provide for them, that God will furnish the necessary ventilators, masks, whatever's needed. Let's believe God on the practical levels, no shortcuts. We're trusting him for the outcome. We can't manipulate it, but we can trust God for it we actually come before him with confidence and we say, God, your word says that you're the Lord that heals us. So we're going to trust you. We're not going to get into fear because you've not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I love seeing this Ted talk of this gentleman because he's several years into his recovery. And I want to finish with this verse because he talked about the value of being sober. Why would you bother to be sober? He had a dream Uh, when he was a young person that got forfeited and hijacked by his addiction. And he said, but lost dreams can become awakened. Lost dreams can become awakened. We're going to get through this situation, you guys, and we're going to come out on the other side, and we will have learned. We will have grown because Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God those that are called according to his purpose my theology is not that everything comes from God but that everything can be used by God there's a devil that we have to resist sickness and disease and things like that come as a result of the fall of man of our own sin it comes from my failure your failure the sins of man and yet God's mercy comes and triumphs over that he's he came to seek and save that which is lost he came to heal the sick came to open up blind eyes and he's faithful I want to close with this. It says in First Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. This is where we get that rigorous authenticity. I'm going to humble myself, Lord. I'm going to come before you. I'm not going to be pretentious. I'm not blowing smoke here. You know everything about me. I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to project something. You, you know, so I just open my heart to you. And I humble myself. And I, But I draw near to you with confidence and under your mighty hand, not weak hand, not hand that's too short, not a hand that's restricted. It's not sub, subject to quarantine. He goes through the walls. He can reach into your situation right now that he may exalt you at the proper time, lift you up out of the pit, out of the miry clay and set your feet on a rock. He's so faithful. He'll pluck you out of the pit. He's faithful. He knows how to deliver us from the pit. He's good at it. Verse 7, casting all your cares, anxieties, and worries on him because he cares for you. That's where we surrender the outcome. We come in with honesty. We humble ourselves. We cast all of our cares on the Lord and say, God, I'm going to trust you on this, and I'm going to stay in faith, and I know you're so reliable that I know you're going to see me through. This is not false hope. This is biblical hope. You know, it's like, how do I cast my care right now? It's not easy, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it together right now as we get ready to close. Casting all your anxiety on him. Again, remember what the the news person said. People are anxious because so much has changed so fast. People are frightened because so much is unknown. So I'm teaching so you can know. know. John said, I wrote these things to you so that you might know you have eternal life. There's a confidence that's produced. This is the confidence we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us on the petition we ask, we know we have that petition. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will, and it will be done for you by my Father who's in heaven. So I pray for that business owner with 500 staff that wisdom comes, that breakthrough comes, that economic relief comes, that answers come to protect and cover all those households. The 500 represent thousands of people. I know when we had the flood here in this very footprint, 5,000 jobs were lost in one day, and my heart broke. I paced out of my backyard and cried, and my wife was in the house weeping. We were so burdened for our neighbors. The people that shared our building back at that time lost $1 million of their own personal wealth in one day. In one day, it was heartbreaking. What do we do, God? How do we get out of this situation? That was a little compressed moment in certain flood areas. This is all over the world. And yet, nothing can overwhelm God because with God, all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believes. I'm a believer. I have beliefs. I have deeply held conviction. I believe in the good report. I've seen this work again and again and again without fail. God is faithful. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt us. We cast all of our anxieties upon him. Because he cares for us. That's a de stressor for sure. We just trust you tonight, God, that you're gonna work this. We trust you to cover in our loved ones, our elderly loved ones, anybody that's susceptible, whose immune systems are, are a little down. You gotta boost them, strengthen them, protect them. Do something extraordinary in the bi state area. I'm asking for a miracle in the bi state area, Father. I'm asking for a miracle in California, all the way to New York, Florida, all the way up to Washington. God, abate this thing, divert this thing, do a miracle. We're trusting you, God. Spare our country, we pray in Jesus' name. He said, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. He said, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, but resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. You're not alone. In fact, we're all in this together. I've never seen anything in the world in my lifetime where everybody on the whole planet is dealing with the same thing at the same time on this level, this level of awareness. It's interesting. We're not alone. The same sufferings are being experienced at this point by everybody in the world. That's not a lavish thing for me to say. That's a literal, that's happening. And he says, not to be overwhelmed, resist the devil. Resist him by drawing near to God. That's the thing about distraction. It tries to keep us from, from drawing near. I have been teaching on focus. This is a big distraction right now. This is amazing what we, we're in right now, but yet this 2020 is a year of focus. This guy, this, this guy overcame addiction by shifting his focus off of how can I get high, how can I get my drugs, how can I stay loaded, to focusing on uh, the thing that will save him. And he shifted from that pursuit where he just was all in all the time to get high. To, he had to shift and get all in all the time to stay clean. And that's what the Bible's saying here. Humble yourself. Be, be rigorously authentic. Uh, humble yourself. Uh, surrender the outcome. Humble yourself. Do the uncomfortable work. You know, stand. Having done all to stand, we stand. Resistant. Firm in your faith. Knowing. That you're not alone in it. Other people are experiencing the same things. You're not alone. Don't feel isolated. Don't feel alone. We're in this together. And together we can win this. He says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, I started with talking about liberty and having done all to stand, we stand. Wherever you are on your couch or whatever your situation is, let's lay aside our cynicism, let's lay aside our preconceptions and biases. If you're not saved, open up your heart and ask the Redeemer to come in. He loves you, He's the one that's been helping you all along, whether you knew it or not. People have been praying for you. I have. <laughs> And you you might as well just respond to it. Jesus is the Lord. He's who he says he is. He's either a Lord or a lunatic or a liar. I know I'm not to be crazy, and I know he wasn't a liar. That leaves only one thing. Jesus is Lord. On that cross where he was crucified in Jerusalem, he's called King of the Jews. He's King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Messiah that was promised for the Jewish people and for the non-Jews. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. So if you've never surrendered your life to him, you can do it tonight and it will change you. If you're a believer and you've drifted, uh, you can come back. You can come back to him. You can be restored in your fellowship. And if you're overwhelmed, let's believe God for a breakthrough in your life. I'm trusting God for a good outcome. We've got to do the uncomfortable work and be intentional, be deliberate, pray in faith whether we feel like it or not. God answers prayer, whether you feel excited about it, whether you see the results immediately or not. He hears, he answers prayer. And We pray according to the word of God, we're gonna get biblical results. We, we don't extrapolate, but when we're lined up with him, he's given us authority, he's given us confidence. So I'm gonna pray for you. Heavenly Father, I ask that you will just address each need as only you can. I pray for the touch of the Holy Spirit on every man, woman, and child, that's watching me right now. God, I pray for the kids that they get a huge strengthening encouragement in their moment right now because they will get through this. They will look back and say, man, this is what we overcame. This is how my parents stood with me. This is what, how I learned. This is, what I, this is how I won. I pray, God, for the young people, teenagers. This would be a, a societal wake-up call to, to the young generation just how precious life is and how important it is that that we respond and we flow, we show respect to those in authority over us and we pay attention and we do our part. God, I pray for my elders, the middle-aged and my elders, that that God, there would be a help and strength that would come, whether they're in a hospital bed right now, on the couch, sipping a a soda or uh, whatever they might be doing. I just ask that there would be a breakthrough Wisdom would come to the people that need to make brave decisions, hard calls. I pray, God, you would protect and cover law enforcement, military, all the National Guard, and all the, all the things that need to happen, the grocery, the food lines. The, I pray you cover our, our systems, Lord. And I pray you de-stress people and do a miracle, Lord. You are faithful, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.